welcome to Fast Fiction. Baby Halliday came into the world at five minutes to midnight on New Year's Eve. Ten minutes later, his breathing became shallow. Then still. And then he was gone. Records would show his struggle for life and death to be separated by a calendar year. Yet for his mother, swirling through a deep sea of pain and semi-consciousness, it was a mere flicker of transitory time. For many long years, Laura Halliday had planned, prayed for and eagerly awaited the birth of this, her first child. It had seemed cruel that her body, so strong and healthy, should have lain barren for so long. Yet, so often both she and her husband David had found reason to question the fairness of a world that allowed so many unwanted babies to quicken inside uncaring wombs, when they who wanted a child so desperately, so constantly, had been denied. And then, one miraculous day, they found they too were to become parents. Laura had come out of the doctor's surgery, her face radiant with her news. David, oh David, the results confirm we're going to have a baby. Really? That's wonderful news. Oh, truly wonderful news. Laura had watched with excited fascination as her breasts had become heavy with milk, nourishment for the child within. With eager anticipation, she had seen her hips widen and her abdomen swell. The first quick flutters of life beneath the mound left the loving couple ecstatic with joy. Sharing these moments together with hope for a healthy child, David, caring and loving, had nurtured her, both as his wife and the mother of his coming child. Now, don't go lifting that chair, Laura. It's far too heavy. Darling, I'm not an invalid. No, you're a pregnant woman and therefore need to be careful. For months they had thought of little else than this moment, the day of birth. After a textbook confinement, Laura had gone into labour as expected, holding David's hand as the contractions began, mild at first but with increasing intensity. Finally, with eyes shining through the pain, she had turned to her husband and said, I think it's time, David. My waters have just broken and, and the doctor said that was the time to go to the hospital. You're all packed? Oh, yes. Yes, the small carry case by the door. Then let's go. Hospital, here we come. The staff at the hospital had been compassionate, allowing the few minutes of the child's brief life to be spent in his mother's arms, ignoring the pain of her own broken body. But bereft of tears, for there was no time for weeping, Laura had gazed at her new son, burning his image deep into her soul so that they would both be entwined beyond memory. Wrapped in the hospital shawl, he had looked so perfect, his beautiful cherubic head encased in a light halo of golden curls. Yet even within their short time together, his mother had felt his small body tense as he fought for one breath after another, his internal organs damaged beyond repair. 
as the small life flickered and dimmed. Laura called for her husband by name. David, oh David, where are you? Oh beautiful, beautiful baby boy. He's leaving us so soon, too soon. Her body, numbed oh. by medication, was racked with grief too unbearable to be born alone. She called for David out loud, and she called for him from within. David! But David, David did not come. He did not hear, nor ever would. His body, mangled and scarred, was in a nearby emergency ward, fighting for his last breath. At the same moment, his young son was fighting for his first Neither would know the other. Father and son would become joined as common statistics, part of the treachery of our roads in the holiday season, the festive season, the nativity season, celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus, now long forgotten, supplanted by food and wine and presents and partying. The loss of father and son would wreak a lifetime of sorrow for their families, who would forever associate this festive time with grief. Yet for the populace it would simply be a statistic, and because of the commonality and regularity of such accidents, the death toll would generate only the merest ripple of interest to the masses. Young Wayne Dodds wouldn't even give it that. Not a moment, thought. <laughs> Wayne liked the season to be merry because it was a time to indulge. He liked to drink no matter what the season, but when joined by other party revellers, why, <laughs> he could show off his one true prowess and out-drink them all. Wayne Dodds parked the brand-new Panamera Turbo Porsche at the edge of town, near the rubbish tip, and staggered out of the car, only noting with mild interest the big dent in the fender. Mind you, that prang on the way home had given him a fright. Made him drop the bloody bottle all over himself. Now he stank of beer. <laughs> Wayne sniggered. <laughs> yeah, beer, as well as women. Bloody car came out of nowhere, it did. Serve the bugger right for skidding into that tree. Poncy little Volvo it was. Collapsed like a concertina. Whereas his car, well, the one he had borrowed for the night, <laughs> another snigger, had only suffered a dented fender. Wayne could certainly pick a good car. The hangover was already forming as he unlocked the door into his room and fell onto the bed in a limp stupor. Yeah, Wayne had enjoyed the night, even though it was all beginning to dim. What was it they said? I tell you, mate, if you can remember what you were doing, you couldn't have been having a good time. So Wayne must definitely have had a good time. Oh, yes. You could depend on young Wayne to get the most out of a few stubbies and a few doubles on the side. Do right. He could show any of those wimps what a real man was made of once he downed a few. And it wasn't just on the roads he was supreme. No way. In the sack he was all man. He'd made sure that tart Kylie had known that. Little slut. One minute all over him, inviting him home to bring in the new year. Oh, Wayne, is that your car? Well, 
Why don't we bring in the new year together? My place is just down the road. The next, when they were safe away from the crowds, she'd started yelling. No, no, Wayne, stop. No, I didn't want that. I don't want... Well, he'd shown her all right. He'd given her a new year present she wasn't expecting. He turned over on his bed and snored loudly. He needed his sleep. There was another New Year's Day party on tonight, down at the club. He liked parties. Kylie Wallace lay on the bed, her body still damp and red sore from the shower, where she had tried to scrub the dirt, horror and shame of the night away. She watched the early lights of the New Year form. Her clothes, chosen with such care earlier in the evening, now lay torn and dishevelled on the floor in a heap. Her body was bruised and her spirit broken. All she had wanted was company, a guy, any guy, to give her a kiss, a cuddle and wish her well for the year ahead. The nightclub had been noisy and hot and the girls had gone off one by one, leaving her the shame of being alone. Not wanted. Kylie Wallace, the wallflower. But when Wayne had hit on her, she had lifted her head in pride. She had her own fella to bring in the new year with, and not only that, but he was smart. Well, he had to be, didn't he, with a fancy car like that? She just hadn't been prepared for his crudeness and lack of interest in anything but her body, to use and abuse it and then ignore and forget. Well, she would forget him, too. He wasn't worth the tears or heartbreak. Her dry, <laughs> retching sobs gradually lessened, and she felt herself slide into the comfort of sleep. It was a sleep that would comfort her ravaged body, a body that would ripen and grow and nurture the new life force that indeed was already flickering. A new life for a new year. You have been listening to Driver Unknown, a cautionary tale, written and read by Brianda Cross. Happy New Year, and please drive carefully. Drive carefully.